but I can imagine that like finding a tablet to write on or something was probably much less common back in those days. And with how stubborn relatives are, I'm telling you, even if you did write to them, I could hear you. They probably would still think you couldn't hear them. <laughs> Hey, Fable listeners, what you just heard is a clip of today's P40 Ministries podcast. So definitely keep on listening and tune in for this kind of fun and silly episode that we are going to be doing today about John the Baptist's birth. So go ahead, relax, sit back, and enjoy this episode. faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's Hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hello, 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 faithful listeners. You've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast. Of course, hi, my name is Jen. I am the host here, and I am so thankful that you guys are tuning in this morning to talk about the book of Luke, one of my absolute most favorite gospels. I just love the book of Luke. And today we're going to be talking about Luke 1, 57 through 80. We're going to finish out this chapter of Luke and move into, guess what? Luke chapter 2, which is the Christmas story, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows the Christmas story, but I'm still looking forward to uh, talking about Luke chapter 2. But let's go ahead and see what Luke 1 here has to say about the birth of John the Baptist. So we're going to be discussing this out of the WEB version of the Bible. Please grab your cup of coffee, relax, sit back, and enjoy as I read this to you. Now the time that Elizabeth should give birth was fulfilled, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had magnified his mercy towards her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. His mother answered, Not so, but he will be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. They made signs to his father what he would have him be called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. They all marveled. His mouth was opened immediately and his tongue freed and he spoke, blessing God. Fear came on all who lived around them. And all these sayings were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea. All who heard them laid them up in their heart saying, What then will this child be? The hand of the Lord was with him. His father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been from of old. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy towards our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant to us 
that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, should serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the dawn from on high will visit us, to shine on those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child was growing and becoming strong in spirit, and was in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel. The one thing that makes me chuckle so hard when I read this is when the people were like signing to Zacharias. <laughs> I find that so funny because it doesn't say that Zacharias couldn't hear. <laughs> and they're trying to like sign to him and stuff. But it probably would have been hard for Zacharias like to tell people that he was in fact like not deaf. Because back then, writing was not as common. I mean, yes, Zacharias does, in fact, write here. But I can imagine that, like, finding a tablet to write on or something was probably much less common back in those days. And with how stubborn relatives are, I'm telling you, even if you did write to them, I can hear you. They probably would still think you couldn't hear them. (laughs) Because Zacharias was, like, surrounded by all his relatives and stuff during this. Okay, but anyway... Verse 57 talks about Elizabeth giving birth. So it says that she gave birth and she gave birth to a son. So everything that the angel said had come true. Every single thing from the uh, fact that Elizabeth was going to become pregnant, even though she was very old, to having a son. So Elizabeth, it's possible, was able to communicate with her husband in some way, maybe Zacharias was like able to write down everything that happened with the angel and tell Elizabeth. Now, I don't know because I don't know if women back in those days could read. If I'm being 100% honest, I don't know about that, but it's possible she could read. Either somehow she knew that Zacharias wanted his name to become John because she was able to read what Zacharias wanted the baby to be called, or out of her own prophecy, she knew that the baby should be called John, which is something I find super interesting. But anyway, it says that she gave birth and all of her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown his mercy towards her and they all rejoiced with her. So they knew that she was obviously barren. She, They knew that she uh, was unable to have kids. And so now they're rejoicing with her and saying like, the Lord has blessed you so much through all of this. And I can imagine that Elizabeth was just overjoyed to finally be able to have a baby. And she probably was so excited, which it kind of proves that she was because it says that she hid herself away for five months after she found out she was pregnant so that she could literally just give thanks to God and talk with God through all of this. And maybe she gained some clarity through all of that as well and uh, had a special word of knowledge from God or something throughout all that. I don't know. But anyway, it says that they took the baby to be circumcised. So on the eighth day, Jewish children would go and get circumcised. It was eight days after they were born. And obviously you guys know about the circumcision process. (laughs) So I won't go into that, but they took the baby to the temple to get him to be circumcised. And so when she went there back in those days, that was basically when people would reveal what the baby's name was going to be. So all of her relatives and maybe Zacharias's relatives are all there for this like momentous ceremony of, you know, Elizabeth having this baby and him getting circumcised and now his name revealed. 
So all the people <laughs> that are there with Elizabeth, all the relatives are like, okay, this baby is named Zacharias. <laughs> and Elizabeth's like, uh, no, I am not naming my baby Zacharias. I'm naming him John. And the relatives are like, no, you're not. You're not naming him John. There's nobody in our family named John. Why would you name this baby John? And so they're getting kind of upset, probably with Elizabeth. So they're trying to sign to Zacharias. <laughs> And they're they're like, what should the baby be named, Zacharias? So finally, he asks for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. <laughs> I find that part so funny that Zacharias was uh, just like not taking it. He's like, no, his name is going to be John. So, of course, all the relatives there are just like shocked. They're like, what, John? But actually, I'm just noticing something interesting in verse 63 where it says, he asked for a writing tablet and wrote his name is John, and they all marveled. So I wonder now if Elizabeth truly didn't know that Zacharias wanted him to be named John and just said that out of like a word of knowledge that she had gotten from God herself, because the people were like shocked that both Elizabeth and Zacharias had come up with the same name. So that's something kind of interesting. But anyway, right after this, right after he writes the... Uh, words on the tablet. He says, his mouth was immediately opened and his tongue was freed. He spoke blessing God. And everyone that was there in the temple, fear came on them, is what it says. They were fearful. And it says that everyone else who heard about all this stuff and lived around them were all fearful because of this stuff. And it says that people were like talking about this because imagine if that happened to somebody in your community, like say in your church, like, I don't know, like that would just be so shocking to have an older woman who was unable to have kids become pregnant and then her husband all of a sudden just have an, a speech impediment where he's now able to speak right after all of this and he starts prophesying and, and stating that the baby's name was going to be this and Elizabeth had possibly no way of knowing that. And, you know, it's just, it was a miraculous kind of thing. So people are talking about it. They're just like, what is this child going to grow up to be? He is something special. This is a special child. So Zacharias starts prophesying. And he says that this baby is special because it says in verse 76, you child will be called a prophet of the most high. You will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, which is exactly what John the Baptist did. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. He was telling people well before Jesus started his ministry to uh, repent. He started baptism. He was telling people like, look, the, the Messiah is coming extremely soon. So you need to repent of your sins now. This was all John's ministry. Everything that Zacharias started prophesying about, John ended up doing. And the thing that's most funny about it is that this was prophesied about, you know, that Elijah would return. Elijah was a prophet back in the Old Testament. And in a way, his life pictured what John the Baptist and Jesus were. So Elijah came before Elisha. Elisha was a prophet that was able to perform crazy, crazy miracles. Like when you hear about Elisha, he was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But Elijah was almost like preparing people in a way for Elisha 
John the Baptist obviously prepared the way for Jesus, prepared the hearts of the people so that they could start listening to Jesus. So then finally, when Jesus comes, he was the true Messiah. And John the Baptist himself clearly stated to the people, I am not the Messiah, but he is soon coming. So it says that right after Zacharias prophesied all this stuff, that God's hand was actually with this boy. And it says that the child was growing and becoming strong in spirit. And he was in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So I don't know what day he started appearing publicly to Israel and teaching stuff. But we do know it was before Jesus because by the time Jesus was around, John had already gained a lot of disciples, a lot of followers. People were coming out in the desert to listen to him and uh, to get baptized by him. And they thought John was that John the Baptist was kind of a character, too. He was very much a character. He was sort of uh, weird <laughs> a little bit, you know, like he would eat locusts and stuff like that was his overall uh, meal was locusts and honey, and he dressed in interesting clothing. So John the Baptist was kind of like a strange survivalist, uh, manly man, it sounds like to me, who baptized people out in the desert. And this is how he was raised. He It says he was actually raised in the desert. So he was learning those like survival techniques in a way. And like maybe he had a passion for that. I don't know. I know a lot of people that enjoy survivalist stuff. <laughs> now, of course, it would be probably more of a passion today because uh, especially in Western culture, because, uh, you know, we have so many modern conveniences that we don't really need like survivalist stuff. <laughs> but I know people that really love going out and hunting. I know around here we get a lot of interesting mushrooms. And when I go through the parks, I see people going and picking mushrooms and stuff. People like doing the, the kind of survivalist stuff. But, you know, John the Baptist back in those days, maybe it was more uncommon for a person to like go out and survive in the desert. But clearly he had a passion for this and he learned all that survivalist stuff by living out in the desert, which uh, probably would have been kind of dangerous back in those days. But he grew in the spirit during all of this. So he was an unordinary person. He was kind of extraordinary in a way like he was definitely set apart he did not become part of the people back in those days he didn't integrate into society in the same way he was kind of a loner and maybe through all that that is how he gained just such a interesting relationship with the holy spirit and with god was just by like separating himself which kind of is a picture of what you and i are supposed to do nowadays you know, holy literally means to be set apart, it means to be different. So we need to think about those ways where you and I can become holy in the way that John did, where John wasn't integrating into society, into pop culture, <laughs> into anything like that, but was learning from the Holy Spirit. So I think that that's definitely something we can take away from this now is to just watch and listen for the Holy Spirit and not just immediately believe everything we hear, not just immediately, uh, you know, integrate ourselves into what's popular right now, but to step back and to think about it and to analyze stuff that's going on nowadays 
within the church, within society, anything, analyze it and make sure that it lines up with scripture. Because unfortunately, there are a lot of very false teachers out there that kind of, that get into the church and oftentimes teach people the wrong ways. And and Jesus himself says that people who follow, uh, you know, false teachers are going to stray away from him, stray away from the truth. So we need to make sure that we are being focused in on truth in the same way that John the Baptist was when he was growing up and he was learning and developing and gaining in knowledge with the Spirit. Well, guys, guess what? I have a giveaway coming up on Saturday. It's going to be a special Saturday podcast episode. It's going to be real quick. And I'm just going to be announcing what's going on with this special giveaway I'm doing. And it will be open starting on Saturday. But I'm going to uh, tell you guys all the details of that later, and I'm going to tell you guys a very funny story, more like a very annoying story, of what happened to me with this giveaway and why this was so um, <laughs> long-running, why I promised you guys this giveaway like back in December, and I'm just getting to it now. So I'm sorry for that, you guys, but uh, hopefully you gave me some grace during all that. And tune in on Saturday to find out what this special giveaway is. Now, guys, I have to say that this is the last week that the podcast can be voted for in the Spark Fan Awards. So I'm going to drop a link to the Spark Fan Awards. And if you guys could be so gracious as to vote for P40 Ministries for Best Solo Podcast... I'd be very excited, and that would be a great way for you to support the P40 Ministries podcast. Friends and faithful listeners, as always, have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening, and God bless.